Wait, look, this this EV issue, we, we've talked about it. It's I, I think it's an amalgamation of a lot of issues. I think it's range anxiety. I think it's price. I think I think there is a I think there's a real hurdle to get over. Just being able to go fill up at a gas station, take five minutes out of your day, maybe go in and get a pop, an energy drink, whatever it is, and and on on the way you go. But the idea that there are so many hurdles, I think, for people to jump into the EV market, I think I think is a real uphill climb for automakers. Now, if you want to sell me the idea that maybe Maybe if you're a real gearhead, if you're a if you're a real car aficionado and you don't care whether it's the amphibious car that you can drive on the land or in the sea or, uh, a, 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 you know, a, a, a brand new shiny uh, Corvette, whatever it is, if you just love vehicles, maybe you'd want an EV. Maybe you want to add that to your collection because it's different. It's new. But I think almost in the numbers seem to back it up that. Maybe if you wanted an electric vehicle, you probably already got one. And if if you don't have one and you want an electric vehicle, you're probably priced out. Because that new Cox Automotive study that we've kind of talked about a little bit tells you that there are a huge amount of electric vehicles on dealer lots right now. If you wanted one, you could go pick one up and drive home with it today. But the real the reality is, is it's not happening. And the reality even further is that ICE engines, engines are going faster than than EVs. It's a very interesting look into the market. Henry Payne's an auto critic with the Detroit News, and he joins us this afternoon. Henry, it's great to talk with you. You you were able to catch up with some of the dealers in our area, including Doug North and and even some folks out in California. There is an alarming number that I I saw in your story from Doug North. He's got over a thousand EVs on the lot uh, or in his in his uh, uh, system, but he thinks that he's going to sell maybe seventy this year. That is a huge problem for dealers. Hey Chris, yeah, good to be with you. And uh, yeah, this is where the rubber meets the road. You have the uh, government uh, dictating to the automakers uh, like utilities what. They have what what sort of power plant they have to use, uh, but unlike utilities, uh, automakers have to sell a product to consumers. So it's uh, yeah, this is we're coming to a very difficult intersection here. And as you say, the um, the inventories on the lots are reflecting that consumers prefer gas cars uh, to electric cars. Uh, gas cars are sitting on lots about 54 days, and EVs are sitting on lots. For about twice that, um, and in the case of uh, Doug North, he mentioned with North Brothers Ford in Westland, uh, he doesn't have that many EVs sitting on the uh, on the lot. He'll sell about 70 this year, out of a total volume of about 1,500 sales. Uh, and the reason that he doesn't have uh, that many EVs on the lot is most of the EV allocation is going to the so-called ZEV states, zero emission vehicle states, where automakers have to sell a certain number of EVs, otherwise they get fined heavily. And so most of the EVs are going to California. And I and I talked to um, a, a dealer in California in Los Angeles uh, where, you know, about 40%, a state where about 40% of uh, electric vehicles are sold nationwide. And even he is having trouble moving 
uh, uh, Ford Mach-E's, for example. So it's a uh, it's a tough time for dealers. So what do you think it is? Because you know, if you if 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 somebody's in the the market for a vehicle, they they go and and peruse the inventory. Um, there are more chargers than ever before. There will be more coming. Um, you can affordably, and I mean up to what two thousand bucks to put a charger in your house. Um, you get the government rebates up to what is it seventy five hundred bucks. Like the the it's it, it seems to be that all of the 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 cards are kind of lining up, but but people still aren't buying them. Why do you think that is? Well, I own an electric car, Chris, and and uh, and I really like it. It's, I have a Tesla Model Three. Uh, great car, fascinating uh, uh, vehicle from a number of standpoints, from a technological standpoint, from a self-driving standpoint. But I own a lot of cars. I'm a, I'm a I'm a motorhead. I'm an early adopter. Uh, I'm I'm somebody who who uh, likes cars in general. Uh, but for folks who need transportation, I, I like to make the analogy that the gas car is a mobile phone, and an electric car is a landline phone. Uh, I mean, essentially what the government is trying to do here, here is force people back to landlines for mobile phones. Uh, gas cars are extremely diverse, uh, very easy to fill up uh, if you're on the road. Uh, electric cars are really chained to, to wall sockets, to chargers. And uh, so it's not nearly as convenient, not, not as nearly as easy to take on uh, a long distance uh, drive. And I think consumers understand that. Uh, and, and so it, it's it's very even even with the huge incentives in California right now, the incentive to buy an EV is fifteen thousand dollars, seventy five hundred dollar federal tax credit, seventy five hundred dollar state credit. So we've got a lot of money on the table and still consumers are are uh, nervous about EVs. Let's play a game here. Let, let's say all of these numbers hold pat. Let's just say that roughly the number of EVs among all drivers, all cars in the United States stays at about six and a half percent, right around that number, give or take. Uh, let's say that the prices don't really drop in the next couple of years, maybe a few thousand Ford just dropped the F-150 Lightning 10 grand or so, the base model. So those are moves in the right direction. But let's say everything kind of stays pat, hypothetically. Is there when is there going to be uh, kind of that coming to Jesus moment, as I like to put it, because eventually it's going to be bad business for the automakers to produce these vehicles if nobody are buying them. When when does that conversation really kick into high gear and potentially be a reality? Well, the moment is now for the automakers because uh, they're facing enormous fines uh, in 2026. Uh we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in fines uh, if they don't make electric vehicles. Uh, Dodge, for example, which, is, which has been an outlier in not making hybrids or uh, electric vehicles, uh, uh, got fined $700 million last year uh, and, and, have been, and have now discontinued their Dodge Challenger and Dodge Charger line, which have uh, V6 and V8 engines, which uh, the government doesn't like. So the so the automakers are already there. I mean, the, the automakers are, are are facing enormous fines if they don't go in this direction. They've already invested billions of dollars into um, battery plants. So as I say, you you have a bit of a bit of an intersection coming here because the automakers have to sell EVs no matter what. They have to in order to stay in business. So do you think and those conversations the with with the, the yeah, conversations the consumers buying or not is 
is really up in the air. So the, do those conversations between the, the, the top brass, the, the C-suite executives at, at the big three, for example, are they already having those conversations with the White House, do you think? Uh, got $9 billion uh, to build their uh, electric plant uh, uh, just this month. So there's already a lot of money going back and forth uh, between Washington and and, uh, and Detroit trying to make this happen. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, a lot of people in Washington admire uh, the Chinese economy. They admire the fact that the Chinese uh, are going all are going all EV, but but China is a socialist state. They can dictate uh, to the people whatever sure. they want. This is this is the most uh, most diverse, most active consumer market on the planet. Yeah, and this, this is a very different customer here. Well, it's interesting stuff, uh, Henry Payne. Uh, you're in the thick of it, uh, and I'm glad to 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 hear your take on it. Thank you so much. Thanks. Yeah, you got it. Good to talk with you. Uh, Henry Payne over at the Detroit News. I'd love to hear from you. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. I, I think there was a huge opportunity missed here in this in this new phase of vehicles. We can talk about that next. But in the meantime, love to hear from you. 800-859-0957. Listen, I got to tell you, um, you hear from some of the top builders uh, in our area here on WJR. We talk about them all the time. Because, look, if you look downtown, buildings are coming up all over the place. I mean, LCA is a beautiful facility. It was finished just a couple of years ago. And and we don't really talk about how those projects get to the end, the, how they see the fruition. But I'm excited to tell you about, about Dynamic Tool Supply because they're a new partner of WJR and JR Afternoons. And Dynamic Tool Supply is a specialty fastener and tool supply company specializing in self-drilling tech screws for metal building and commercial roofing. Chances are they've got product in some of the most well-known buildings that you're seeing go up all across the area. They also sell a wide variety of abrasives, anchors, cutoff wheels, drill bits, extension cords. Look, they got everything you need. And they pride themselves on their superior customer service. That's their end goal. And as a member of CAM, they are part of a trusted and one of Michigan's largest uh, construction companies. They deliver directly to your office, your job site. However, they got to get it to you. They will. And even more so, they will get everything done for you on budget. So call Dynamic Tool Supply today at 734-237-4707 or visit them online at dynamictoolsupply.net. That's dynamictoolsupply.net. 